Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today, and the two of the ladies will be sharing what are the latest goings-on from personal to professional to the tips and resources they're currently obsessed with and also sharing the best we have to offer on not only surviving, but thriving in this human life. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Uh, it is first Friday, so that means you've got two hosts. I'm one of them, Sunny, and joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yay! And the show is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, California, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, my website is Golden Oversoul. And Alessandra, what's yours? AlessandraDuke.com. Awesome. And so, uh, Alessandra, why don't you say a little bit about yourself since we're relatively new in Petaluma? (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm so glad to be here. I'm always so looking forward to these times with you. And I, um, let's see, I am a uh, trained as a psychologist, but at this point, I really function as a coach uh, in large part for women, high achieving women, entrepreneurs, leaders, um, just who want to live even more awesomely. So really looking at um, uh, creating an emotional, healthy space for people who want to do big, bold things. Awesome. Yes. And I just, I forgot to read my disclaimer here before we dive in deeper that the views expressed here are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access, KPCA Radio, or its board of directors, volunteers, staff, or underwriters. We'll get that as like a little canned thing that we can play at the beginning. Way here. to go. Um, yeah. Did Vinny's so been on it. I, it's my fault. I believe this is I might have mentioned that in the very beginning oh, of this. You have mentioned I've, it since I the have. beginning. I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what I dropped the ball big time, Vinny. It's okay. It's all, it's all me. Hey, it's all good. You know what? High five. We're on the team. Team. <laughs> Sport. Yes. It takes a team effort. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Anywho, ooh, well, Benny, let's check in with you because we've got everyone has, well, I say everyone, Benny and Alessandra have exciting developments uh, this month. I'm sure, well, Benny, I'm sure Wait, you I do. do. You know like, I don't know Alessandra yet. Like, does. do I? I don't know. Like, I'm not I just well. haven't talked to you in a month, Benny. So, <laughs> yeah, really, Benny, what's your exciting development? I don't. No, I, don't I think she any. just made it up. I don't oh. have <laughs> I, I didn't fall well, over. I didn't buy anything. Anything. What? You could tell us anything and it would count as oh, an exciting. I know. That's cute. No. Yeah, Benny. <laughs> well, I did see we my heart was with you, Benny. I think that the Apple Cup did not go your way. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we won't talk about, about that. that. That's okay, no yeah. big deal. But it, I actually in in light of that, our coach has reneged on his uh contract. So he's there for another five years. So congratulations to uh, coach Mike Leach, who's gonna stay huh? with uh, WSU for another five years. Unfortunately, with the University of Washington, their coach decided to resign. Oh, dear. What's going to happen? Well, it's still kind of up in the air. Earlier this week, he did a press conference saying he's just kind of resigning from as coach duties and staying there. But we're not really sure, he says. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed seeing Gardner Minshew. Oh, <laughs> quarterback my goodness in the he's, if, For those who don't know, he, okay, so the game that he kind of, I guess he was the, 
the second string quarterback, but because of an injury for the primary, he was able to Nick make Foles. this mm-hmm. big show. Yeah. And he has a this mustache. And I have to say, he kind of looks like a 70s porn star to me. With it's this porn mustache. Stash. It's porn but stash. People will wear this. Everybody in the stands or will wear the stash. And so I, I see that that the mustache frenzy has continued to a certain degree now that he's been in the NFL. I've been really excited to see him. He's I'm, I, I like that kid. So I like that kid. I like how he did that. <laughs> like, see, it's only because. It's all about the cougar, <laughs> cougar growl. Okay, and it's cause, because he basically started that with WSU last year. He was our fill-in quarterback that we literally, unfortunately, lost our previous quarterback uh, uh, with a suicide um, situation. So we were desperately looking for another quarterback, and he just was bouncing around to another couple colleges. We picked him up, and he just took over yeah. our team with just an amazing vision and heart for, and for what we had to fill in for. And that was his little kind of start trademark that the Cougs just ended up just steamrolling into something that we really needed to latch onto. And he then was then drafted outside afterwards for the NFL uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now he uh, was a backup for a few games and then filled in, started, won a couple games, but then he got benched again. And then the other quarterback came back and vice versa. So now he's back at the starting position. So he's kind of done that roller coaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good luck to him. And yeah, go Cougs and go Jaguars. I mean, Fortunately, their season's over, but they're not over yet. (laughs) We wanted to be in as Hawk fans, of course, but you know, yeah, it's all. I know so little about any of this. It's actually amazing. I sorry, (laughs) Alessandra. I'm sorry. I'm sure most of our listeners at KKNW are not as big a football fans. I was going to say, any of the listeners who are like, "What is going on? What are we talking about?" I would like to reassure you that I don't know either. Well, well, uh, you have to look at dogs and jaguars. They are spirit animals. We could go there. I mean, that if you is want so to. true. <laughs> yes, I know. I always so feel true. like I have to do that though because I keep up with it. I really get into the stories, and Chase yeah. has gotten me into some mm-hmm. of the a little more NBA, but Thanks, NFL Chase. as well. <laughs> yeah, and of course soccer. But anyway, I feel like it's a fun connection point with Benny, so I always like to bring it the up. Other football. <laughs> and- <laughs> Because we're big fans. That's right. My partner likes to tell a story where we had we had moved into an apartment and we had this, you know, a new neighbor and the neighbor had like a picture of somebody playing football, you know, kind of hanging on his wall and he just answered the door. And he was like an athletic guy, you know. So I was like, Oh hey, so like is that you playing football? And he just looked at me and paused and cracked up and he's like, Yeah, I'm Russell Wilson. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, you know, like, I don't know. That's funny. I don't know who that is. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you're referencing. And also, when I first moved to Seattle, I thought the number 12, the 12th man, which is the fan, was a specific player, player number 12. And so I was trying to tell somebody, you know, I feel really, like, bad for this player 12 because they have so much pressure on them. Like, the the flag is constantly flying everywhere, and everybody's got that number on them. So and like, adorable. So, much <laughs> so adorable. Like, there's nothing more you could say. <laughs> Big hug to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. That so player's that is... really popular. <laughs> that player's really popular, but like, gosh, so over. much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, to be fair, when I moved up to Seattle, um, you know, having lived in Texas or, or California for a lot of my life, um, I was not familiar with how deep the fan base goes and what it's like to live in a city like Seattle where it is, and especially since the Sonics were so sadly sold into Oklahoma. Don't bring it up. But Don't want to bring I'm it up. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, we're not allowed subject. to talk about it in our house Sensitive either. But subject. anyway, 
let's just say the fans are quite active in Seattle. And that was new for me too, Alessandra. And I probably wouldn't know as much if it hadn't been for Chase. <laughs> yes. You had a, you had a guide to help you in a little football did. spirit guide. So a uh, real history fact, by the way, just to let you guys know, um, the original 12th man originated in Texas at Texas A&M. Yeah, exactly. So we've yeah. been kind of using it for a while and then we ended up uh, making our own little version out of it. So. Yeah, okay. yeah, I remember hearing that living in Texas. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, well, Benny, if there's not anything else from you, I'm like dying to know. Um, Alessandra informed us within just a couple minutes before the show. Oh, like literally, that they have a new yeah. addition to their family, they so do. we wanted to save it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it, Alessandra. Yes, it's a very exciting. So um, yesterday we got to pick up and officially adopt a little two-year-old. Um, he, he is kind of a combination, they're saying, between uh, like a Karen Terrier and a Chihuahua kind of Ooh. thing. So he's small. He's only 11 pounds. And he's got that kind of hair, messy hair where he kind of like always looks like he's having a bad hair day. And you can like mohawk his hair very easily. So I feel I he's got the look that I just love. And um, he, um, he was surrendered to the Humane Society. He had come from kind of a like a hoarding kind of um, puppy mill kind of situation. And um, so he's used to being around a lot of other little dogs. And so we're just adjusting, but it was really kind of a neat, you know, a neat process in getting him because I, you know, of course have been devastated with the loss of um, my dearest Clover, my dog that I had for 13 years, lost her in October, and we'll say goodbye to her. She, you know, pivoted to her the spiritual realm, so I can, you know, I can still feel her around, but said goodbye to her in physical form, and just knew I needed something furry to be able to tend to, especially because I do work from home a lot, and um, my day was really centered around her and caring for her, and I really liked that, so wanted to bring some thing in, into our lives. And when I met him, I thought, yes, you know, I need him. Let, we'll take this dog. You know, went to the front desk and like, okay, what are next steps? I'm ready to take him. And she, she was like, you need to fill out an application. Calm down. Contact your landlord. Yeah, right. Calm down, lady. Calm down. Yeah. I'm like, can I just take him? Where, here's the money. I don't know. What do you need? Um, so then we were just kind of on pins and needles waiting to see if he was going to be right for us. And you know, I spent some time in prayer and asking for, you know, the universe to let me know if he was right for our family. I actually asked, you know, if he is right and if, you know, if he is supposed to join us, I would, I, I asked to see white feathers within a 24 hour period. And it was amazing. The abundance of feathers that just started showing up even in the house. You know, wow. I was like, I was a little on a mission. I was like, okay, I'm going to go look for some feathers, you know, <laughs> taking a walk. Like, I just want to see some, please show me that he's supposed to be with us. And then oh. um, did not see any outside actually. And, you know, was coming inside, relaxing, doing something in the kitchen. And there was like two white feathers on the ground and then happened to watch a movie that night with somebody with white feathers all over them. And I thought, oh, okay. I got this the sign. Is our guy. This is our guy. <laughs> I'm so excited. So we just got to pick him up yesterday and um, um, he's a little anxious. So it's like, I have to like, we're going to be working on some of the whining kind of mm -hmm. stuff. He's a little anxious. So we're sitting here very, you know, quietly for right mm -hmm. now. So 
If anybody does hear anything, that is him. Just, oh, just cool. trying to participate in the show. What's yeah. wrong with that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we welcome he, participation from animals. Yes, he has a lot to say, but right now he, he is resting, and I am so grateful. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you. And such a good lesson. Also, you know, we talk about this stuff a lot on the show, but, you know, it's okay to ask for a clear sign uh, to, to make it so it's choiceless for you so that you know that you have the green light or not on what feels right for you and your family. Yeah, and I really wanted, I really did that in an effort to just kind of surrender some of the the, the stress and the holding on because mm-hmm. I just thought, Oh God, I got really attached to the outcome of having him. And mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, if it's, if it's meant to be, if it's in the best interest of him, of us, of the world, then, you know, then he'll be with us. And so, um, it's been nice and it's been, um, yeah, it's, I think that he'll just be a really remarkable addition. He's already really hilarious and amazing. So, um, I'm just enjoying it. Yay. And name to be name to be determined. Name to be determined. We're we've we're about ninety-nine percent of what sure what we're gonna name him, but then you know somebody else will say something that just sounds awesome also. So um Benji. you know he did Benji would be very cute. <laughs> Looks like Benji. That's exactly what I thought right he when I saw does. the picture. Little yeah, Benji. Little Benji. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because, you know, he came with the name Rocky. And then our friend said, you should name him Rocky Champagne. Ooh. <laughs> and I thought, nice. well, I do kind of want to dress him in, like, kind of sequin outfits with, like, thunderbolts on like it. Elton and can... John? Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Nice. So we thought, like, Rocky Champagne could could that, fit with that, that might work mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but we're leaning towards murphy for him oh. so mm-hmm. yeah so we will just we'll we're just all in a period of adjustment murphy mimosa so. <laughs> murphy mimosa. i don't know i'm just trying to go with another no i like rocky champagne too they both work champagne color yeah he's fun oh well, we look forward yeah. to hearing updates as he uh, acclimates to being in your family Yes. And it's just kind of neat. I think for anybody who's lost an animal, it's like, of course, you cannot ever replace that very special animal. But I think different, different animal um, companions can just hold different places in our hearts. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's really being open to that, you know, like, yeah, he's not a replacement. No one could ever be a replacement for Clover. But but, you know, my capacity to love has just strengthened and become so much greater than I ever knew. And so um, it's nice to share just different kind of love with a different creature. Yay. Well, look forward to hearing more. Mm. Well, so where do we want to begin? I know I texted a couple of things that have been on my mind and heart. You did. And I'm so excited to hear about them. I really think before we launch into the December kind of topic. I'm wondering, I'm really curious about what you mentioned around the, around purpose, soul's purpose and fullest potential and curious about, um, what you and your community have been talking about, because that's something, um, you know, in the new year that I'll be talking about, you know, with the group that I lead, um, the brink to see, you know, to talk about, people's purpose and living on purpose and living fully. So I'm curious what your conversation has been around that. 
Yeah, it's so um, it's it's interesting because I know we've talked about this on the show, and this is a question that I feel like is one of the questions of this lifetime. At least it has been for several years, and who knows if I'll see a re- resolution before I transition or not. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with the not knowing at this point, which maybe will mean the answer will arise easier if, if I'm supposed to have one. But in any event, all I'm talking about is I feel like, you know, that we come in and there are certain potentials for our life. Of course, we live in a planet of free will. So it's not like there's a hard and fast agenda, but kind of like, you know, you've signed up for college as an analogy and you know you're going to graduate college, but what you do while you're there is can change. Your major can change. You can drop out of classes, add others, totally change your focus. And so I have been curious about you know, how, what do we do as humans to invite in our purpose? How active do we need to be? And I've talked about, you know, I've got certain mentors and teachers that I follow on one side of the fence that are all about massive action and taking massive action and being very oriented into setting goals and not resting until you achieve them. Um, And then I've got folks on the other side of the fence, and I don't mean to divide it, so I'm sure there's a lot Mm -hmm. of gray in here, but just this is how I'm categorizing it in my mind. And then I've got others who are more of the school of thought that, hey, you know, your, your soul's got it covered, God or the divine has it covered, and you just need to show up, follow your joy, follow inspired action, and the tapestry will form easily, effortlessly, harmoniously with, you know, some action, inspired action, but not the kind where it's like massive pushing action where you as a human are determining goals and exactly what it needs to look like. So, you know, specific versus general or allowance versus action, that kind of a thing. So um, I are in, in this month in my Soul Digger community, our theme for the month, um, and so I'll just like as background, um, Soul Digger is is something that I have been, um, it's been like a passion project that's been in the background for a while. And so I, as I've been, you know, living my life and developing a content around this, I, I identified it for at least for me, like four pillars to living. And for me, Soul Digger means living a life driven by soul. Because for many years, I lived a life driven more by human desires and concerns. And only focused on that versus like opening up to the fact that there might be something even more magical and awesome waiting for me if I allowed my soul to take the lead instead of the little human white knuckle death grip creating exactly what it thinks it's supposed to have. So anyway, to do that, I I feel like we've got to, you know, keep be cognizant of our body. So clean our body and make sure that we're supporting this vessel in which our spirit resides. And then of course, clearing or cleaning our, um, clearing our minds. So making sure that you don't have crappy thinking and fear keeping you from stepping into and living the dreams that you came here with. And then, um, there's connecting the spirit. So connecting your spirit, filling your well, how do you connect and get perspective? What do you do to connect with something greater, whether that's out in nature or listening to spiritual teachers you love? And then of course, taking it to the world. So how do you get aligned with your soul and then go out into the world and have relationships, do politics, manifest, you know, if you're like into law of attraction stuff, how do you do that from a perspective of led by soul versus human? So that's kind of the background we're talking about. So this month we're working on taking it to the world in terms of your purpose, because purpose is a big word. I feel like it's getting thrown around a lot more now. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I'm curious, do you find a lot of people coming into your practice, Alessandra, being like, I've got to find my purpose. What is my purpose? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's just been, you know, that's like a question for all time. But I think, yeah, that people feel a lot of pressure if they don't feel a clear sense of like whatever this purpose is that a lot of like self-help books are talking about. They feel like they don't have it. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of become a big hairy word. And, and yes. I found even in the last several months, because I, as I have come to believe that, you know, there are these potentials that we come in with, oh my gosh, what if I don't get to the fullest one? What if I don't do right. the, the biggest purpose? What if I don't fulfill my sole purpose? And then I cross to the other side and, oh my gosh, I'm a grand failure, which I don't believe. I believe we transition and we are, we are dearly loved for having shown up in this, on this planet in a human body period and celebrated. But you may look back and think in your life review, oh, I wish that I hadn't been so fearful, excuse me, fearful. And I had written that book or I had started that business or I had left that terrible relationship. So who knows? I, I don't think there's really any judgment and there's no way you can get it wrong. It's just, hey, what if there's a fuller potential than others? I want to live it. But that puts a lot of pressure. So all of this to say, you know, we're, we're talking about purpose in this group. And in the midst of this, I will say that I, a couple weeks ago, I kind of threw up my hands because I feel like I am, I, between these two camps of teachers, the ones that are all about massive action and the other ones that are all about allowance and letting the divine take mm -hmm. the lead. I'm like, okay, I really feel like I am so pulled in two different directions. I can't move forward. <laughs> so not that I can't move forward, but I feel so stalled. I'm kind of like running from one side to the next, doing a little here, doing a little there. Yeah. So I said, Hey, I need some guidance, guys. You know, I'm asking my team, my guides, the divine, whatever. I'm like, I need guidance. So within 24 hours of me literally in meditation or prayer, throwing my hands up and saying, I really like some guidance here. Out of the blue, not so out of the blue, really. Within 24 hours, my favorite intuitive in Florida just texts me and says, hey, what's going on? You're kind of popping up. I'm like, okay. So I talked to her. And then within several days of that, I was gifted a session with Sarah Landon, who you know is one of my favorite mm -hmm. intuitives practicing right now. And so between all that, I have some new food for thought that I want to share with you and get your thoughts and also share with folks out there, you know, so we can all be thinking about this. So in, let's just say, I'll take the session with Sarah Landon. And in this session, it came through that... Um, and this is from, you know, this is from the, the, the group of entities that she works with that she brings through that are, I think, incredibly wise and loving and fun. And, and my goodness, they're one of the touchstones that I rely on these days to keep, you know, to I talk about emotional speed dial. This is one of the sources that I listen to to really I can't help just by listening to it, even if I'm having a bad day, it just lifts my spirits, lifts my vibration. Anywho, so they say hey, um, you know, you, Sonny, want to live your fullest potential. You want to live the fullest soul's purpose. And they said, what if, and this is from their perspective, how they look at it, to self-realize, to live the soul's fullest potential is really just two things, loving yourself and living fully. And that's it, mm -hmm. to love yourself and live fully. And there could be someone in Oprah's level of position with millions of followers, with lots of money, with, you know, she's doing a lot of really great altruistic work, but they may not be fully realized. They may not be living fully and loving themselves, even within what our culture would define as incredibly successful and in doing some big, great work. 
then you've got someone else who could sit in their house and just do mirror work for a lifetime. And for them, and when I say mirror work, just stare in the mirror and look in your <laughs> eyes and say, I love you. And that could be loving yourself and living fully from someone else's perspective. So it got me thinking all this time, you know, we talk on the show, I love my work. I love working with people. I love the soul digger work. I love the sunny in Seattle show. I love um, the unhitched work that I have done. But here's the thing. I feel like a lot of it um, has been me envisioning what I think success in this realm should look like. So mm. I've I'm really questioning. And since it's December, we're going to talk about how people do December. It is a place I think where at least culturally we have a little more permission if we want to pull back from our work and be a little more gentle as we are in the holidays. Some people dial up the chaos in the personal life with all of the, you know, travel and family stuff. I don't do that. So I'm saying it's an opportunity to be gentle. So the question that I'm sitting with, and I'm curious what you think, Alessandra, what does my life, Sunny, in this lifetime, what does that mean to live fully. Mm -hmm. And I'm maybe making some changes, not in my work necessarily, but how I feel like I have to show up or the amount of action I'm taking. Um, I'm also a student of uh, Kate Northrup and her do less approach, which is really about living in harmony with nature cycles, which sometimes you've got a period where the land is fallow. And sometimes you've got a, pl a time when it's blooming hard. Um, and, and you need those fallow times. You need that time of receptive surrender to be able to have the more active times. And so anyway, all that to say, I am sitting with what it means to live fully. And I've been working on loving myself for a long time. Um, and I feel like I'm much farther along in that realm. So the, the one that I'm really sitting with now is living fully. So I'm, I'm curious, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Alessandra, because it's kind of a big question, but what it, what it, or should we go to our break first, Benny, and then come back and dive in with this what do you think sure if you'd like to do that i'm down okay cool well yeah let's take our break yeah and then after i've been on my spiel for a while then alessandra i'm curious to hear from you so yeah, that you okay sorry to me to jump in so quickly um okay so you are listening to sunny in seattle broadcast in seattle and petaluma i i am one of the hosts for first friday of the month sunny joy joined by dr alessandra duke and of course, we've got Benny on the board, and we will be back in just a few to continue the conversation. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lajewitz, and this is Climate Connections. Ama Francis is from Dominica, a small island nation in the Caribbean. It's one of the most beautiful places on Earth. It's filled with mountains and rivers and hot springs and beaches. It's also on the front lines of climate change. 90% of Dominica's population lives in coastal villages. They're vulnerable to flooding as seas rise and tropical storms grow more intense. In 2017, Hurricane Maria ravaged the island and forced about a fifth of residents to flee, some permanently. Frances was in law school, and the crisis drove home the importance of what she was learning. International law doesn't provide any protection to climate migrants. There's no convention that covers climate migration in the way that people who are moving as refugees, for example, have. And I thought this was a huge gap. It felt really important to me to be working on creating legal support for climate migrants. Now, Francis is doing so as a fellow at the Sabin Center for Climate Change Law at Columbia University. She researches and advocates for international agreements to help climate migrants, like those from Dominica, 
resettle, and work in new countries. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone... Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of the hosts, Sunny Joy, joined today by... Dr. Alessandra Duke. Woo-hoo. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about um, this this interesting question that I've been sitting with that came through in this reading that I did with Sarah Landon about, okay, if to be fully self-realized as a soul, to live your fullest potential is really just made up of loving yourself and living fully. So what does that mean to live fully? And I would imagine it's different for everyone. So what do you, what does that mean to you, Alessandra? Yeah. Um, well, I love that, that idea of loving yourself and living fully and something, um, that's a similar term that I have liked to use is, um, is looking at how do you, how do you make your life, um, emotionally rich and add richness to your life in ways that really have nothing to do with monetary wealth, you know, Mm -hmm. but just like looking at the, the richness, which I think is, you know, similar to the living fully. And for me, when I'm thinking about that concept, I'm thinking, um, because there, there are, you know, for me, I get, I can get really, um, focused, especially when it comes to my business and it comes to working with clients and, you know, I love my clients. I want to be able to offer more. I'm just, I'm always kind of in the doing. And I think that living fully is allowing yourself to be, especially in the being and the having also, which are very different muscles to strengthen than the doing, right? And so the doing, it's like the creating, I'm, you know, creating a new program, I'm creating something, a new offering for clients, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, but the actual like just living, being able to be present, being present in conversations with people that you care about, being present to your life as it currently is, um, enjoying, you know, even something as small as like fabric that's touching your skin, choosing different things to have around you and in your immediate environment that make you just have that, that sense of like richness where life feels rich and life feels full, you know? Um, so I think about those kinds of experiences, like working on the being and then just in the having, right? Like not always so much in the hustle, but really trying to like enjoy life just as it is now. So looking at your life and thinking, how, how can I, 
how can I make this experience a little bit more colorful? What more could I add to it? What, what are the, you know, the parts of my life, whether it's, um, you know, kind of like different rooms of the house. Is it my spiritual life that could use some tending to, do I want to create, you know, more community? What would help me feel sort of full, like filled up like a full cup, you know, Mm -hmm. or is it like going on adventures for you? Because I do think that so many people, some people define a full life by being able to travel as much as possible. And some people define it by, you know, their, their work life. Some people define it, define it by having a lot of children. And so I think that it really gets to be up to you. And, you know, for me, it's like, I want to be doing, um, work that matters, that is meaningful. I want people to be able to say that, Um, I cared for them well, that I was loving, that I was kind and that I was strong. Um, and I want to be able to do work that embodies all of that. But I also in my personal life, you know, I, you know, I want those same things to be said, but I want to be sure that I'm really taking time for, for me to nurture me, to take care of me, you know, whether that is like, my regular workouts that I'm doing or taking breaks for myself. You know, um, I just went to Mexico, uh, last week, actually, I was yeah. there over the Thanksgiving week. And, and I think that even though having those kind of breaks in our life helps me feel like my life isn't just about work. I'm not just a worker or a business owner. I have this other full, rich life of, you know, full of different experiences. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but, um, you know, and even adding in, um, I noticed, you know, with the loss of our dog Clover, you know, just, it felt like the house was truly empty, you know, and not that I want to just be filling up life with things that don't matter, but really like, I, I think that, you know, allowing there to be like, yes, there can be grieving, but also I want to be filling my life with lots of love, you know, and love that feels really genuine and really meaningful. Um, and I, I think for a while, um, because I wrestled with so many negative emotions, I would think, okay, well, living fully is, you know, eating and drinking whatever I want. And that was just a different method of coping with how I was feeling. So now it's like, I like to fill it with meaning and love and adventure and surprise. And so that's, I guess, what comes to mind for me. Yeah, I love that. And it brings up exactly what we discussed this week in Soul Digger, which getting everyone's different perspective, they said um, that this idea of being versus doing was a huge thing. But here's the thing. And I have a, I have an experiment that I'm doing until the end of the year. And I invited um, everyone in the group to do this. So I'll put it out there to to you, Alessandra, to the listeners or to whoever, um, because I'm very I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm always practical, I think, in terms of what does that actually mean from moment to moment, hour to hour, day to day, week to week? (laughs) Like, what am I actually, how, what does that look like? And so I I asked this question and it it really does involve the being that you're talking about. Um, And so I'll just, the, the, the question that I am asking myself when I get up in the morning or the questions that I'm asking myself is instead of, you know, what is on my to-do list, what is to do, but instead what do I want to experience today? Like, mm-hmm. what do I want to expand in my life? What potentials, what adventures, what feelings, you know, fun, joy, peace. And how do I want to express myself? Like mm. just focusing on that. 
And then here's the part where it's like my, this is where my brain has a hard time is thinking, okay, so how will anything get done? <laughs> so right. what will happen? But here's, I, I have been, I remember I heard from one of my former guests, Sam Bennett. She's awesome. She works with creatives, but she really helps people harness their creative energy and bring it out into the world. Because sometimes I think many of her clients are artists who have a hard time stepping out of the right brain and actually bringing it to the world from the left brain perspective or making it, you know, uh, actually being able to create sustainable businesses with their creativity, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Anywho, she said one time and it stuck with me and I know other people have said it, but for whatever reason it took her saying it. She's like, if you have had, if you have success or not, I shouldn't, that word is kind of loaded. If you have been able to do something that you are comfortable with, proud of in one area of your life, if you're struggling in another area of your life, how can you apply, you know, being good in one area to the other area? So that's kind of a, I don't think I articulated that very well, but basically my example was, okay, so Chase, my partner has been the biggest gift that I have experienced, I think in this lifetime in terms of, um, something that has just been so fulfilling, meaningful, fun. Like I couldn't have asked for more. And that my list of what I wanted or needed, thought I needed in a man uh, or a partner of some sort um, was vastly different than what Chase brought to the equation. But here's the thing. I was going through my divorce when I met him and all I was praying for and meditating on at that time, because my life was chaos. I had made, I felt like not a mess of it, but it's like, I thought I should be an attorney. I thought I should marry this man and my ex-husband. And, um, and so that had kind of created this life where my soul was somewhat starving, even though it looked really good on paper. So I just kind of threw up my hands and said, okay, if there is a divine out there, if there's a God out there, a universe that is benevolent, let me just turn the reins over and see what happens. And so all I did was meditate and pray on peace. That's it. And then mm -hmm. very shortly thereafter, Chase comes into my life. And I thought, okay, this is what happens when I get the human out of the way and let something greater, my soul, my spirit, the divine, the universe take the lead. And this is how good it can get. And so I think, okay, if I can be that general in my desires and get that, then I can be that general in my day-to-day -day experience and trust that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. And this is a grand experiment. Let me just tell you, it could let, maybe I'll crash and burn with this. Maybe terrible things will happen. I doubt it. And I'm much more drawn to this than doing it another way. So I'm just putting it out there. If anyone else wants to do the grand experiment with me, we don't have that much longer till the end of the year. And if it's a time that you can be gentle with yourself, just wake up and ask, what do I want to experience today? You know, what, what do I want to expand in my life? The potentials, the adventures, peace, fun, joy, and how do I want to express myself and live fully and then see what happens. Mm -hmm. So that is a, I think that's a way of being that doesn't have to do the do, do, doing. And cause if then in the doing, there's always more to be done. And so, yeah, I'm going to see what happens with this. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. I think that it sounds, I mean, it sounds amazing. Just a little bit of that, um, you know, and something I've been talking to clients about too, is like that, that bit of surrender offering that surrender and detachment from the outcome. Right. Because I think that our human minds are so, you know, we we're so kind of decided and we're just like, yeah, it needs to, this outcome is the one that I want. This is what I would be most happy with. You know, mm -hmm. I need to take action to, you know, to get that done. And it doesn't allow, it doesn't, 
it doesn't allow for the possibility that the universe spirit has an potentially an even better plan for you, yeah. you know? And so I've been, I've been reading this, um, this, this book, one of, uh, Gabrielle Bernstein books and, um, you know, just offering a prayer out to the universe for, you know, asking for what it is that you're hoping to manifest, but including the phrase or something better that yeah. I'm turning it over to the universe. I'm asking for this or something better, right? Because well, look, I think that that surrender is so important. I agree. Okay. So here's my issue. Cause I remember, um, Martha, well, one of, I heard that phrase several years ago from one of Martha's coaches that I used to work with mm -hmm. and it, it may, okay. So here's my issue. And I have a question about this. Yeah. I also believe that we, as souls come in to experience certain things that from a human perspective is not all that great. Like mm -hmm. you may end up learning a lot more from a loss in your life. It may expand your soul more than everything just being good, 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 good from a human perspective your whole life. So let's say losing someone you love, getting a disease, those kind of things. I think that from a soul's perspective, there can be gifts in them. And so I'm curious, I always have kind of bristled at the ask for something and better because what if my soul wanted to learn something from the not better for just for the time right. being? But what like, if what that if... is the better? Oh, okay. So I see encompassed in the better could be the challenge. Yes. Okay. You're okay. saying, okay, universe, I would like, you know, what, whatever it is that you're hoping to manifest, right? I would like, you know, five new people in my program or something better. Right. Which could so, mean no people in your program and you learn from it. Exactly. Uh, okay. Okay. I guess like, I had my, I was so hyper-focused on what it would mean. <laughs> I wasn't open for seeing that the and better could maybe be from a human perspective, a challenge. Yes. Because we don't actually know that say in that example, five more people in the group would be the, would be the best course of action for you. Mm -hmm. We don't actually know that it could be that like, this is an experiment and the, the major lesson to learn from this experiment is no one signs up and yeah. you're not even supposed to be doing that particular program. Yes. Right. Okay. And then okay. something better comes as a result of that quote unquote failure, right. Which is, you know, failure is like a charged word, but it, I think that there really is no failings. It's just a lot of learnings, you know? So ah. Yeah, I love that. I was just getting too hung up on the semantics. No, I'm glad that you <laughs> that you helped me see that. I'm glad I asked you. Yeah, that does make yeah. it because I felt like there's something like I was being selfishly human and not like leaving room for the growth that the soul might want that mm -hmm. yeah, might be difficult from the human perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. I love that. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was just listening to one of um, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcasts, and she was saying, you know, in the years of her life where she has asked for, you know, I, I want more ease or I want more compassion or I want more, you know, love or whatever. She says, I don't ask that anymore because what will inevitably happen is the universe will throw all sorts of challenges which challenge that ability to have compassion. Like, oh, you want to have oh. more compassion? You want to have more ease? Well, here's a bunch of hardship where you're going to have to dig deep and figure out how to be compassionate 
to this awful thing that's happening. Uh, (laughs) She said, I don't ask for that anymore because oftentimes what the universe has in store for that is a, you know, a big old challenge in that way. So I thought that that was pretty entertaining. Yes. Yes. And can I add one other thing that was helpful for me um, in terms of when we're asking for these kind of things, like you want joy, you want abundance, you want freedom, all of that. Um, so this kind of backtracks. Um, I talk a lot about the work of Gay Hendricks, who uh, wrote the book, The Big Leap. It's in my top five of this lifetime best books to read um, in terms of growth and development. Um, and and he talks about how to transcend some of our upper limits. We've talked about upper limits on the show before, you know, b- being able to accept greater levels of love abundance, success, and all the good stuff in life, being able to accept greater levels of that, because sometimes we have a pretty low thermostat. So one of the ways that he suggests that we transcend that is he has what he calls this ultimate success mantra. And it's one that I use in my my meditations, my affirmations, my prayers. And it goes, um, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire others to do the same. And I'd often heard from also Dr. Christian Northrup and some others that for some reason, the word expand does not, and I'm for any neuroscientist out there or, or maybe, you know, more about this too, Alessandra being a psychologist, but Mm -hmm. that for some reason, the subconscious brain, that program programming that's running 95% of the time in our life does not object to the word expand. Like somehow we are able to Actually, sometimes, you know, I think we will have some resistance if we say uh, other words, but the word expand tends to have a gentler effect on the mind and allows you to actually embrace that, uh, you know, that uh, affirmation, for example. So it's Mm. funny. And I was this came up in the session with Sarah, too, that if you say, I want joy, I want money, I want whatever it is that you're asking for, or or something better, um, that it assumes that you don't have that already in your life. And there's kind of a gap. So if you instead focus on expanding existing joy, expanding existing abundance, expanding whatever that is, that actually, and it also goes with Brooke Castillo, who talks about being grateful for like, put on your, your desire list, things that you already have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know if that's helpful to anyone else out there, but I really, that was one of the things that stuck out. So when I am thinking about these things, I am focusing on expanding existing joy, expanding existing adventure, expanding existing freedom instead of, oh, please, I want freedom. Oh, please, I want joy. Because then there's that huge gap that assumes you don't already have it. Absolutely. Because it is just inherently coming from a place of lack when you're stating that like, oh, please, oh, please, like, I just want whatever it is, right? It's like, even, you know, thinking about if there are people who, you know, want a relationship, right? And they, you know, I have a client who just gets like, she's trying to date, but she gets so just, oh, but I want my per, I want like my person, I want that right now, I want that. And it Mm -hmm. is, it's from such an energy of lack. And I, I hear what she's saying, um, you know, and I hear the heartbreak for her, but the energy that she's putting out there, I believe is just getting her more of that lack, more of the lack of relationship. Nobody wants needy energy. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I, you know, something that it's like, okay, if you want more abundance in relationships, then it's like, 
focus on the abundance of relationships that you have now, right? Really working on like channeling all of the gratitude that you have now for, you know, the friendship relationships, the coworker relationships, and think to yourself how much I have amazing relationships, right? Yes. There's so much, even like if we think about any term, you know, kind of abundance where it's like, oh, I want, you know, I want to be making more money. I want to be making, you know, whatever it is. And with me having a lot of student loan debt, that has been a big thing for me, right? But I'm not going to be getting anywhere if I'm just like in the like, oh, I want more. Why doesn't more come in, right? I'm just getting more of that. Where it's like you can look around and see there's so much abundance. Even the fact that you're listening to this show on a radio right now. Mm -hmm. There's abundance mm-hmm. in that, right? How how wonderful. How wonderful to be able to have these technologies, to be on the internet, you know? So I just think that really trying to channel that energy from a place of non-lack. <laughs> yeah. The place to be. Yeah, take the whatever. There's got to be, like, just even if it's just, just a pinpoint uh, amount of whatever it is that you're wanting to create in your life, just a tiny amount of joy, even if it's just the tiniest amount, or maybe you can even just start with peace and then move to joy, which is a little bit lower. I get not lower in a bad way, but just, it's a little different on the emotional scale than, yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. Um, Well, and one thing I wanted to say really quickly about what you said earlier between, you know, being caught between the kind of like massive action and then the mm -hmm. kind of more spiritual surrender is something I was talking to a client the other day who, you know, really wanted to take some massive action in her work. And so when we were talking about surrender, she was saying, well, how am I supposed to do that when there are all of these things to be done? And I think about it as like a, um, you know, just like the holding both right? Holding both that you can be asking always, what is mine to do? What actions can I take right now toward this thing that I want? And, and how can I also let go of the outcome or it needing to be a certain way, because it could be even awesomer than I had even planned. So yeah, they can, they can kind of do some hand holding between the two camps. Yeah. And I like the way, I think it might be Adya Shanti who, who originally spoke about it in this way, maybe, or it might be Maharshi. Anyway, I guess the original, I just want to give original source credit where I can, mm-hmm. but um, I learned this concept through Tosha Silver and it's, 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 it's kind of like, well, then how are we just like kind of wandering around with no wants or desires at all? And so how are you getting anything? But she said it's more when you start to offer it up and kind of try to hold the both that that those grasping manic desires with where the attachment to outcome is extreme become preferences. So, yeah, Mm. your preference may be to have five new clients, for example, But if it's a preference and not a grasping desire, it leaves room for other things to kind of flow in instead of pinching off the flow by holding so tightly to the the manic desire. So it turns to preferences. And I'm like, okay, this is a preference, but I leave room for the other. (laughs) Yes, yes. I like it. I like it. Both things can be true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, we've got only we've got just a few minutes left, so I am curious, Alessandra. You know, so I said how I'm doing my December, and I, 
I, December's are funny. Sometimes people really push, push, push hard toward the new year. Others are, you know, pulling back a little bit. How do you do December for anybody else out there who doesn't want to participate in my grand experiment? (laughs) (laughs) I think for December, well, and I'm just, I just am releasing a podcast on this of, of like honoring this kind of season where I think people get a little bit too rushed in coming up with the goals for the next year, the plans for the next year, all of that, and to kind of go into the busyness of the season when, you know, similar to what you said earlier, this season really calls for a slowing and for hibernation, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I've got a lot of clients really upset with themselves because they're not able to keep up at the same rapid pace because they're just like, why do I feel so tired? Right. And it's like, <laughs> we've got this seasonal call to go within it's dark and here in the Pacific Northwest, it starts getting dark around 3 PM. So I really, I really use this time as, you know, a time to really honor that darkness as much as I can as a chance to go within still working on, you know, um, some of the things that I'm hoping to achieve, but really bringing in more just kind of restorative practices, going inwards, doing like hot yoga classes, reading more, trying new recipes, you know, just kind of like doing, we even made a list, my partner and I have all of, you know, 20 different things to do joyfully inside, you know, and then I also (laughs) love, like, I made a massive list last night of like all of the amazing things from 2019, because before I'm just kind of launching in to a new year, I really want to honor what this year has brought and who I have been in this year, you know, before just kind of moving forward and and onward. And I think people tend to do that, like, oh, I'm ready to be done with this year. But actually, if you can look back over it, there's, there's a lot that you can really reflect on and, and really be honoring of even of the other people who have been in your world in this last year. So I like to use December as that kind of time. I love that. And, um, and I will say that as we're, you know, uh, the next time that we will talk to folks will be, or at least that we will talk to folks together, will be in January, um, end of a decade. A lot of planetary transits that have been ongoing for years are coming to, or there, there are things that are concluding or things that are beginning in that sense. I mean, as always, but some of them are kind of big for this last 10 or so year period. So I would just say, as we're moving toward that, I will be thinking, um, of a word for 2020, um, I like to kind of think of words for the year. Um, and I don't know, Alessandra, if anybody else out there wants to do that. I know we talked about it last yeah. year. So we'll be thinking that of those great. things maybe. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that'll bring us to the close of the hour. Um, for those of you who uh, celebrate any kinds of holidays around this time of year in the United States or otherwise, happiest of holidays to you. And thanks for joining us. Um, this has been Sunny in Seattle, first Friday of the month. I am one of the hosts, Sunny Joy, joined today by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Thanks for and- having me. Yes, and thanks for listening, everyone. Benny, happy holiday, too. You and too, uh, we'll talk-, <laughs> okay. talk to you all soon. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.